1: It is tuesday october 5th and this is the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Another massive weekend of college football. You can get all the recruiting scoop over at 24-7 Sports, get the latest from the visitors, what they thought of the schools they visited, uh, what what things are looking like as we charge towards the early signing period, which kicks off in less than three months. We're going to check out on one of those schools that right now is in the top five in the team rankings for the 2022 class. That would be the Longhorns. They are number five, number one among Big 12 schools. And we've got Mike Roach on the line. He's the recruiting editor for Horns 24-7. Mike, how are we doing? I'm good, Blair. How are you? Not too bad. We were just talking earlier about before we, we hit record on this podcast, how so you're in the market for a new phone and there's a nice little feature there that I think is going to help us recruiting writers and reporters while we're out on the field.
0: Yeah, I am uh, I was looking for a new phone and you actually called me to see if I could do the podcast. And I said, well, hey, I got to go get a new phone, but uh, let me call you when I'm done with that. And I didn't get it because I didn't have it in stock, but I have heard that this uh, this new iPhone will do accurate heights on their measurement tool. So if they get that, the days of kids telling us they're 6'1 when they're really 5'10 or over because uh, I'll verify high, high tread on the
1: field. That's great. I love it. I, I That's a great advertisement for the phone. Now I need it too. And it's going to be awesome for us to be able to go out and gauge whether a kid is tall or whether he's short or whatever it may be. But I've always joked that I love my height because I'm about 5'11". I'm maybe half an inch short of six feet, depending on the type of shoe I'm wearing that day on the field. But. I've had kids tell me that they're 6'2", 6'3", and then I go and see them or I, f- I find them at a, at a game or at a camp and we're looking eye to eye or I'm looking down on them and, and all that. So uh, this is going to be a nice little tool for us to to be able to accurately measure. Hopefully Apple is is listening and, and um, you know, we deserve a little love here. We're recruiting reporters. We're on the field. We need all the all the tools we can get on the field. Uh, Absolutely. Let's talk. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk Texas. The big Red River Showdown, as they're calling it now, this weekend. It's a marquee matchup between future SEC programs. When you think about the recruiting implications of a game like this. To continue to build on a class that is already number five in the country, number one in the conference, this is a big opportunity for Steve Sarkeesian and that staff to take another positive step in, in their progression.
0: Yeah, I think Texas has, you know, there's only so many of these neutral site games per year and uh, so many of these historic rivalries. And Texas has the advantage of being part of, many people can argue Ohio State, Michigan or you know, others, I think personally living down here, Texas OU is the greatest rivalry in football. And and the scene is so unique at the State Fair of Texas, you know, is is in Dallas is equal distance between Austin and and Oklahoma. And you've got, you know, one half of of the bowl red or crimson, the other half burnt orange, it comes together at the 50 yard line. And it's just such a unique college football experience that I think that, you know, a lot of years it can vault you into a strong recruiting performance, especially if you put on a show in front of those guys. And, you know, as a neutral site game, the home team can only give out tickets. They can't really interact with the kids, which I think people kind of get, you know, well, who cares about that then? But I mean, getting, you know, many years, Texas, Oklahoma decides the big 12 in a lot of ways. And I think getting those kids to come in and see it, see it in that uh, environment. And some of those games have been like just absolute classics. It really gets everybody excited and, and thinking, well, I could play in this game. And and I think it, it could have a different type of impact. So yeah, I mean, if you look at what Texas has been able to do in recruiting so far, getting to the, the number five class in the country, and then, you know, the people, there were really like hey man we feel like we can take a next step once we get our product on the field and i think kids are seeing that product a little more now i think that you know they've had a couple of good wins in a row here if they can beat tech uh, oklahoma on saturday a top 10 Oklahoma team that takes them right into Oklahoma state at home the next week where they've got probably their biggest visitor weekend set up of the year with big guys like Arch Manning and and Ruben Owens and, and a bunch of other guys coming in. So not only could it be big this week, I mean, it could, it could roll right into the next week
1: yeah and this is a game that i don't think it even matters who's at the game because everyone around the country is watching this game as well so you get the eyeballs of recruits that are in different pockets of the country being able to tune in and watch and see that environment and you know th- there was another big neutral site game earlier this year that was the chick-fil-a uh kickoff and we're we're plugging a bunch of different companies here so i'm, I'm hoping we get a sponsorship or two out of this but there was that that kickoff in um it was between clemson and georgia and i I remember Steve Wolfong mentioning that there was an allotment of tickets that these coaches and the, the programs were able to hand out to recruits. How does it work specifically between Texas and Oklahoma? Who can, who can host recruits? Who can visit with recruits? How does that all work uh, with this neutral site?
0: Yeah, so I believe this is an NCAA rule, but it's always been the rule for Texas OU is that the home team, and it alternates every other year, gets to give out the tickets uh, for recruits and allotment of tickets. They cannot have contact with the coaches. They can't come down on the field. They can simply attend the game. But being able, I mean, this is a hot ticket. In in a lot of years, you know, I mean, especially back in the mid-2000s when Texas and OU were both top five teams in the country, this was a a $1,000, $1,500 ticket to get in. So just being able to give those kids and Families free tickets to get them there is a big advantage and you know you may not get to talk to them but those guys are i can remember many years i mean if you go back and look at like the adrian peterson recruitment i think he references the fact that he was kind of sold on texas and then watched oklahoma beat him really badly in that game and flipped his mindset then and um the years that swung a lot of recruitment so you know for for texas it's just hey we've got a list of our guys that we want to get here they'll sit on our side we're going to sprinkle them in with our recruits um who are who are committed and make sure those guys are doing the, the work for us up in the stands and and so yeah while you can't do all the traditional things of a visit i think it still is um advantageous to to be able to give those tickets out
1: yeah, you definitely get a nice little boost there and be able to bring in some recruits that you might be interested in and, and kind of put on a show for them and, and that type of stage. We are joined by Mike Roach. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Roach 247 He's the recruiting editor for Horns 24-7 and does a lot of great work across the country. Probably travels more than uh, any other recruiting reporter that I know. Uh, you've been out on the road quite a bit, Mike. Uh, you, you've hit Vegas. You've been driving up and down the state of Texas. I think you went out to California earlier in the year. I mean, you you get around.
0: All praise be to Steve Sarkeesian and his national recruiting plan for sending me uh, all over the country. I go where the recruits are. You know how the job is, and you know, it, as long as they keep hitting these great cities, they're recruiting from. I mean, I, I told somebody, I said, man, my uh, my out of state trips this year look like they're going to be uh, L.A., Vegas, and New Orleans. And you can't you can't hate any of those. And so uh, I've actually got New Orleans on tap this week. Uh, I'm going to see uh, a couple of people there, including Arch Manning on Friday night. So yeah, it's been fun to get out. Get, you know you get a, a different perspective when you get out of state about texas and especially you know out in your territory player on the west coast sark's kind of a, a bit of a rock star when you talk to people out there just because of the work he's done so it's fun to get out there and you and i were actually uh, supposed to cross paths in uh, vegas this year but the uh, the weather prevented us from from having tacos
1: yeah, very unfortunate, unable to land in Vegas. So we were divert, right, diverted back to the state of California. And, and obviously I missed those games on the on Friday night. Let's talk about one player that will be there uh, at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Evan Stewart, I think you broke this over on Twitter, I, on your Twitter account. Mike wrote 24-7, five-star wide receiver. It, it, you know, right now you have your crystal ball on Texas. So this is a big move for Longhorns to be able to make an impression on him.
0: Yeah, I've had my crystal ball in Texas since... Man, uh, I can't remember if I did it right before he committed the first time or if I had it in longer than that, but you know, when he was committed to Texas back in the spring and uh, when he made his decommitment, I'm usually a guy that I don't really believe in. It's tough for me to see guys decommit and and commit back to the same school. It just doesn't seem to happen a lot. So I kept my crystal ball on, on Texas, basically just looking for a reason to change it. And I haven't found that reason yet. And um, you know, Texas has done a really good job staying in that race. I still believe that they're a front runner for him. I think that he's a guy that wanted to see what they could do throwing the ball this year. I think that he's a guy that if you look at what Texas is doing with Xavier Worthy in their offense right now, that is the model for Evan Stewart, who's basically a similar built and skill set type of player. And so I think that he's looking almost for an excuse to stay home. Florida's obviously in it, uh, big time. You know, Alabama's in it, LSU as well, but I think he would love to stay home if he felt that Texas is the right place for him. And I've known Evan uh, for a long time. He and I are really close, so he did to confirm that he will make the visit this week and i expect him to also get to austin at some point uh this fall but yeah obviously a big one that's that's huge for texas as they look to add dynamic speed and explosiveness to the offense
1: yeah, five-star wide receiver, the number three overall prospect in the composite for the 2022 class is already taking official visits to Florida and Texas and is planning to get to Alabama in the month of November. Evan Stewart's one of those players that is still on the board for the Longhorns. What's, what's left for Texas for Steve Sharkeesian as they try to put the finishing touches on this class heading into the early signing period?
0: Well, you know, they currently sit at 21 commitment. Uh, commits in the class, and you know, if you look at numbers, I think we we have trying to be, figure out the number situation, which is tough, especially when you factor in super seniors and the COVID years and all that. Yeah, I think and now you
1: have to, and now you have to think about the transfer portal as well.
0: Exactly, and and so the Texas Sark was very active in the transfer portal. I mean, I think they brought in five transfers, uh, you know, as soon as he got on the job. So I expect them to stay active in the transfer portal as well. So I think they could probably sign up to twenty seven or twenty eight guys, counting a few early enrollees back to the last class and leave a couple spots for the portal so you're looking at seven or eight spots I think that they need a couple more receivers in this group they've only got one in the class so far but um you know I think that they're in a a great spot with with Brennan Thompson and you know the speedy kid out of out of Spearman and then obviously just talked about Stewart and and they're in it for a couple of other national guys as well they definitely need to add to the offensive line that's probably the biggest priority at the moment Uh, with two guys in the class they are looking for some tackle bodies and um you know I think that that their best hope is, is Ernest Green maybe from, from Bosco. And obviously George has been able to create a lot of, a lot of, uh, buzz there, but Texas will get him next week for an official visit. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they've stacked, I, I would say, maybe the best defensive line class in the country. Um, when you just look at the names, including getting guys like Justice Finkley away from Alabama and Jamon Tapp away from LSU, um, th- those are those are some big wins. So I think they're kind of done up front. would probably like to add another linebacker or two. Lander Barton is the big name from, from out in your territory, Blair. And then uh, at DB, uh, looking at corner and safety, a big name that will be at the game this week is five-star uh, former LSU commit, Jacoby Matthews. Uh, the safety from Ponchatoula, Louisiana, who uh, is visiting this week for the Texas OU game and is expected to return next week for an official visit in Austin, where Texas feels a little confident there. So we'll see kind of how that turns out as well.
1: He He's a potential program maker, right? Like he he defines a defense and we don't really know what he's going to be because he's so long and he's so physical. And right now he can play some safety. I, I think he he could even move into the box down the road once he fills out a bit more, but uh, he's, he was one of the players that I was most impressed with during the offseason in, in the passing league circuit and all that. So obviously Texas making a big push for him, Mike, before we go, Oklahoma has already, kind of elevated its, its, its recruiting uh, because of the SEC involvement, right? The future outlook for that program. They're moving into the SEC just like Texas is. And you see what it's done in the 2023 class uh, with Oklahoma already having a handful of five-star prospects, the number one class in 2023. And and as things look right now, it seems like they're going to be making a full charge. How is how is Texas benefiting from the move or the eventual move over to the SEC? Do you think it's it, it's been a big thing for Sar and, and that staff to be able to sell it to recruits.
0: I think it's benefited them more in twenty two than it has in the future. I think that you don't get guys like like Tap and Justice Finkley without having an eye toward the future in the SEC. I think that they've gotten back into the game lately with Harold Perkins, largely because of the fact that Perkins wants to play in the SEC. The uh, you know five star linebacker from Houston. So it's benefited them a lot more there. Now I think that where they've been as a program in the past five, 10 years has put everybody in wait and see mode. They've, they've heard of how Charlie strong and, Tom Herman are going to fix things and so I think everybody's a lot more skeptical so far you know the the Arkansas game notwithstanding it's been a a pretty successful run for Sark and so I think that people just want to see that they want to see that success on the field and so they've got a really strong chance in, in 23 I you know they're one of those schools right up there for Arch Manning um, you know Jonte Cook and, and Ruben Owens and some of the elite offensive and, and defensive players in the country are looking into them for 23 so I think a strong year this year combined with a move to the sec can really set that 23 class off
1: yeah it's it's going to be really interesting because once once the the coaches are able to put a finishing touch on one class and they try to, trying to turn it sort of turn their attention to the next class. Uh, You can kind of see h- how effective they are in-, in getting those early commitments and really building momentum because it pays off. We saw what Oklahoma's been able to do after getting Malachi Nelson. Obviously, Texas is still in the running right now for Arch Manning. And getting him, uh, I think, would be uh, an equally impressive type of feat to be able to continue to build that-, that 2023 group. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always.
0: Always, Blair. And hopefully... Maybe next February, maybe Pylon, maybe Tacos?
1: Possibly. It, it could happen. And I will stay away from you, though, because you'll have that measuring tool on your phone. And I, you <laughs> know, I, I've been telling people on 511. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that is. Uh, you can follow Mike Roach on Twitter at Mike Roach twenty four seven. Like I said, he'll have all the coverage from Texas, Oklahoma, and the recruiting implications of that this coming weekend. So make make sure you stay locked in at Horns twenty four seven as well. Remember, if you like the show, please help us out and give us those five stars, subscribe, and leave a review for Mike Roach and our producer Lance Flynn. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the twenty four seven Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.